Welcome to the Someone to Tell It To podcast. This is going to be so much fun today. You're going to really enjoy this conversation. I think I, I made a joke early on that my at, at times my hands were sweaty because I, we just had no idea what direction this, this conversation was going to go. But that's the beauty of it. Is, and that's the beauty of every conversation that we have with every guest is we just kind of want to let the conversation flow. And this one did exactly that. It just flowed so, so nicely. Um, there's so much vulnerability and openness and just uh, uh, such a thoughtful conversation. We all went to some places that we didn't expect to go today. And that was, I think, really meaningful. This was one of those conversations, somewhat unexpectedly, where I think it brought chills to both of us. You know, it's one of those, those things where sometimes the hair on your arm stands up because it, there's this, not from being scared, but from, but from the, there's something that was said, something that was evoked that was extremely powerful and, and meaningful and intimate. Uh, and that, that happened today. And I think uh, vulnerable myself, there were times I had tears in my eyes hmm. at, um, at some of the things that were being said, that we said, um, that we felt. So uh, we hope um, you can feel that as you listen, as you watch this podcast today. We are going to have a lot of fun on today's podcast. We're going to do something fairly different from our usual conversations. We are, we're still going to be having a conversation, but a su significant part of the conversation will be informed by a game uh, that we're going to play with our guests, Jed and Sophia Lazar, who are talking with us from Valencia, a city in Spain, on the Mediterranean Sea, two hours uh, south of Barcelona, Spain. Um, Sophia and Jed are just delightful people who are passionate about deeper conversations and connections between people. And they're so passionate that they've created a delightful game called J Cozy, Juicy, Real to enable just that, to enable deep connections, to help people be just who they are. Cozy, Juicy, Real has been called the antidote to small talk. Their intent with this game is to erase the awkward pains of getting real and to invite people into a community of authenticity, play, and aliveness. We've played the game with Jed and Sophia before, and we love it, and we're going to do it again today during this time for you. It was very real. It was very alive, very authentic. And um, we hope it will be very meaningful to all of you as well. Sophia and Jed, welcome to the Someone to Tell Two podcast. It's so good to talk with you guys again. We are so looking forward to this conversation and to talk about the game. Thank you so much for having us. We are huge fans of Someone to Tell It To, and we're honored to be on the podcast with you. This is going to be a blast. <laughs> So before we get into the game, let's talk a little bit about you both. We just want to learn a little bit more about you. Our listeners want to learn a little bit more about you and your stories. So just tell us a little bit about yourselves, your lives, your experiences, your backgrounds, your reasons for developing this game. We also want to learn about the title, Cozy, Juicy, Real, a little bit more about you too. I'm not going to spend too much time because we could do a whole podcast on that um, because my background is quite diverse. So in a nutshell, I actually studied digital animation and worked in like the movie industry world. 
um, and quite quickly realized six years in that working with computers every day was not my thing. So I retrained, I um, studied yoga, I studied nursing, and I was with people every day, which I loved. Um, and I've studied coaching. So I think that's a big part of why Cozy Juicy Real came about, is my interest in coaching, why people do what they do, what makes them tick, what makes them happy, what are their fears, what are their dreams. Um, and yeah, when Jed and I met, we kind of found that was a common ground between us and I'll let the I'll let the cozy juicy real story kind of come after this but that's kind of a little bit about my background um and I was raised by a psychiatrist and a and a, and a woman who had a a master's in psychology um so I think that I think that relationships and questions um and listening is kind of just part of my household growing up um and still is. And still is. Yeah. <laughs> so very, very often around the dinner table when we had guests over, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just chatting around the table. It was, you know, somebody would propose a question or a topic and that would be how conversation would go for the evening. So kind of non-traditional um, in an American sense. And, um, and so I'm also a coach and a facilitator. And, um, and so the power of, of questions and the beauty of getting right to the, the good stuff, getting right to the, you know, the honest heart of what's going on is, um, is something that I, that I love. And, um, and so that's built into the game. Um, and you asked about the name Cozy Juicy Real, which is a funny name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, we never really intended to have a game called Cozy Juicy Real. Um, but the, the three core decks of the game are called cozy, juicy, and real. And that came from our initial research six years ago when we were you know, still thinking about, you know, how could this be a board game? Could this work? When we were talking to people about conversations and the best conversations they've had, we learned really quickly that when you're starting a conversation, just like when you're starting a relationship, you build a foundation first, and then you share a little bit more and then you get to the good stuff. And so the, the name Cozy Juicy Real represents the three core decks, Cozy, Juicy and Real, that start by putting your voice in and then you can have the yeah, opportunity to share a little more, get a little juicier. And then if you want, then you can get real when you're near the end. I appreciate you talking more about that. And we know that we're actually going to play the game in a little while. So we're going to even learn more about it as, as we all do that. We understand that more than 5,000 people from 61 countries, that is really impressive, mm -hmm. have played the game through uh, 220 events. You also report that uh, follow-up surveys have indicated that, that people have played it. Those who have played it are 19% happier. They feel 36% more connected and 26% calmer after having played. That's, that's incredible. So tell us about that and, and what else they're saying about their experiences, you know, the feedback that you've gotten, the, the stories that you've, that you've heard about playing the game. Something that really stands out. So like you said, we ask people after every game, before the game, we do a check-in and at the end of the game, we do a checkout. 
Um, we also ask for feedback and ask a few questions like, um, what's a takeaway that you're taking from this experience? Um, and something that's always stood out to us is how often players describe the experience as human. That word human comes up so often. Um, and how they appreciate the reminder that despite our differences, we're all the same. And I kind of think that really sums up what we often hear from people is just once you take the time to tear down that kind of initial barrier and really ask the right questions, then it doesn't matter who you're talking to, you'll still find common ground. Um, and I think for me, that's something that mm. really stands out and is a part of our bigger mission of creating empathy and trust in the world. Was there something in particular that happened in your work environments previously that just made you want to take this leap and say, this is something that we, we need to do? In my late 20s, it's kind of my first professional job. And um, it's my first you know, office job where I had to you know, present myself in a certain way I felt and dress a certain way. And um, it was the first time that I had like an office work team. That was such a negative experience for me, actually. Um, I never felt really welcomed. I never felt like I belonged. I never felt like my boss really cared about who I was as a person. Um, and that was tough for me. I'm a pretty social person. I'm a, I'm a team-minded person. I'm an extrovert. Um, and, and thankfully, over time, that shifted. Some of the people who had been there for a while moved on to their positions and new people came on and it ended up being something great. But that experience really stuck with me. And I think so many people feel like they're not able to bring who they are to work. There's this, there's this idea in a lot of companies um, that we are one person outside of work and we're one person at work. And, uh, and we have to kind of leave most of our, our stuff at home. And it's, it's, I mean, it's okay to be professional and get things done and, you know, check things at the door. I'm talking about something different. And so having had that experience firsthand gives me compassion for when I hear other people say that. And I, and I, I, I want to do whatever I can so that other people feel like they are welcomed and that they belong, that they can be themselves um, and that there's empathy at the workplace. Because we, we spend so much of our lives at work. We spend a third of our lives at work, right? And that's not the only work we do is with work teams, but it's a lot of what we do is work with teams and and that's, I think, one of the reasons why it resonates with me at a deep level. There are experiences that are challenging or negative or whatever term we want to put to them, like you just described, uh, can inform and us and teach us a lot, can't they, about the, you know, how we want to move forward. And I'm curious about you too, like what kind of experiences you've had um, where you don't feel like you've been able to be your full selves, maybe in work or in other spaces? That could be several podcasts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we're, I think we're getting real, very real, very quickly here. We uh, are. Should, did I, <laughs> I went too quick. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's awesome. That's what we want. Um, we both, our real career trajectory started in churches. Mm. And both of us had great experiences meeting some wonderful people, caring people, loving people, 
but we both, I believe, felt that we couldn't, we, we could not be who we really were and are not as authentic, not as open, not as vulnerable, not um, that, that, that sometimes, you know, there's, is you know, traditionally is a, a kind of a role you need to play and you just can't talk about certain things. You can't do certain things. And I think that was very constraining for both of us. Yeah, and I also think I'd probably add that I, I know for myself, I just, I love to lead. It's just something I, I know I've had a gift to lead. I'm a very creative person. I've been through a process with a couple different organizations of, of, of like starting things from scratch. It's just like, I have this entrepreneurial spirit and I, I just wanted to be able to live that out more fully. I think we both did. But, uh, we, we'd love to think outside the box and how to gr- form greater connections and relationships very similar to you two. So it's, it's difficult. And we wanted to ask you about that as well as like some of the, the, the more challenging moments that you've had, uh, even right now and how, how you're kind of overcoming them because we've, we're a nonprofit and we've had our challenges throughout the 10 years that we've been in existence. But when you know, beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is what you are created to do, you can overcome them. You can overcome all of those obstacles, especially having each other as you two do. Thanks for answering. (laughs) So tell us about some of those challenges. Yeah, I'm thinking in particular, one thing you just mentioned is like having each other is amazing and also comes with challenges. So that's something to be vulnerable and open about. Um, cause spending that much time together and having to make those, uh, those kinds of decisions, like big decisions and, you know, there's conflicting opinions and whatnot. So I think that's definitely been something that uh, we've had to work on and, um, overcome. And I'm really grateful how well we do work together. And I think the other challenge is choosing and recognizing which because this could go in so many directions and people from different industries and um, initiatives come to us with like ideas like we want to we could do this with it or we could take it here or we could go this way Mm. I mean there's just two of us and it's really difficult sometimes to really hone in and figure out where do we go next like what where do we pour our energy into what's gonna take us closer to that bigger mission um and also keep us sustainable always a balancing act um juggling so many different balls and and i think that sometimes we struggle with with that is like are we making the right choices are we going down the right road and sometimes realizing that we're not (laughs) having to like pivot um but that's that's definitely another thing for me how about you um i think mine is patience (laughs) Um, because our, our ambitions out match our ability to get things done. And so it, it took about five years to build cozy juicy real, to get it to a place where we really feel like it is something powerful that creates a powerful experience for people. But we were working full-time jobs during that whole process and cozy juicy real was a side project. And then, you know, it hasn't been that long that we decided, okay we're invested. Like we're, we're going to 
put aside our careers and launch this crazy thing, Cozy Juicy Real. So that's, it's really new. It's a baby. And we want to have a really big impact. You know, we, we want, we want to create big things in the world. We want families and friends and, and people who work together and, you know, kids at school to come closer together. And we want to be, we want to be able to contribute to that. And so there's just, there's always more that, that we can possibly do. So it's just, it's about patience. And like Sophia said, choosing the, the projects that really focus on what we can do well, rather than just saying yes to a lot of things. Everything you are saying is our experience. That's as our well. story. It's our story too. You're saying the same thing. So for those of us who are entrepreneurial and who start things and get creative and try to do, uh, you know, things in a, in maybe a new way, uh, we hope a better way. It, it has its challenges and it, and you have your doubts and there, there are times, you know, when we are uncertain about what, what direction to go in or whether what we are doing is working or is it making a difference? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, all of that, all of that is part of this. And yet, um, I mean, I think Tom alluded to this earlier. I think you are too that if this is what you feel you've been created to do, this is, you feel that this is the core of who you are and what you want to, what the impact that you want to make on the world, it keeps you going, you know, even with the doubts, even with the uncertainties, even with sometimes mistakes and failures and, and uh, lack of progress and impatience. <laughs> um, and so thank you for sharing that and saying that because I, we, boy, we just, all of that is so true. Michael and I, because we are, we still perform a lot of pastoral functions, uh, even through our role at someone to tell to. So most recently we had a, a team member, uh, who, who lost a loved one unexpectedly. And we performed the, the funeral service for, for his passing. And in our eulogy for him, we referenced actually a Ted talk. He talked about how he had spent a significant amount of time researching like 3000 obituaries from people who had passed. He literally would, he made a joke of it in his Ted talk that like over breakfast, he'd eat his eggs and, and read these obituaries. And his wife's like, what are you doing? That's not, that's not how you should be starting your day. And his research found that there was like a common thread among all of the, the people who had passed. And it wasn't like their successes. It wasn't their, the awards that they had won. What was consistent was the word help, one word, help. And how are you helping others? What are you offering in service to others? And uh, I know one of the questions we just wanted to ask you is like, what kind of gets you out of bed in the morning? And uh, I do want to ask you that, but even before, I want to come back to what you had just talked about in terms of knowing which direction to head sometimes, which is a, is a challenge for anybody who is in a leadership position when you have a lot of ideas thrown at you from a lot of different directions. And some of them are really good ideas. How do you guys filter what's a good idea? We're not working on it. We're learning. Although, Jed came up with an idea this week that I'm excited <laughs> to try. Do you want to share right. that? I, it's basically those, those who are coaches or who have worked with coaches may know what a wheel of life is. It's basically determining what are the, the main parts of your life, family, work, uh, finances, relationships. And, and then you kind of use this tool, this wheel to score on a scale of one to 10, where you are at the moment. Yeah. How, how fulfilled do you feel that segment is? So if you imagine like a, 
a pie cut up into pieces and then each one has like this header the topic okay. and then yeah and then scoring it so that you kind of tell like can indicate where you feel it's at, at the moment yeah so we're going to use that coaching tool as our new decision matrix. <laughs> so, the, it, so it starts with, yeah, compass is what we're calling it. So it starts with deciding what um, our values are. And so, um, you know, the values are, you know, will this, will this create a bigger impact? Will it create a more you know, just or sustainable world? And so we're in the process of, of deciding and having those conversations what, what are those, what are each of those pieces of the pie? And then once we have that, then we can, we'll be able to kind of look at each opportunity, I guess, and say, okay, well, this, this meets this need, but does it, does it meet all these needs enough that it's actually going to, it's worth, you know, turning down the volume on another project because time is, you know, there's only so much time in a day. So that's, that's kind of the process we're using right now is, a coaching tool to help us make decisions. That's a really helpful visual. We, uh, we kind of have a, a way that we filter some decisions and it's basically if sometimes if we hear something we say from multiple sources, that's when it's time we should, that's, that's when we should really pay attention. So as an example, like a podcast, when we have five different people are like, you guys have very thoughtful things to say and you ask good questions, you should just start a podcast. But when you have it, maybe one person lobs an idea and it could be a good idea, but everybody has a lot of good ideas at times, but, you know, choosing the best ideas is, is the challenge. And, and so when you hear it from five different sources, that's when we should really pay attention. Yeah, it's also a matter of, you know, the timing. When is the best, the best time to do this? When is the most optimal time? Because I think all of us, uh, you know, the, uh, the reason we're doing this, not only have we get, you know, we believe we've been born with gifts or the gifts have developed within us all to, to do the work that we're doing. You know, the timing when, when something is right, uh, you know, to do it. I think even us with starting a podcast, we started over two years ago now, and it's probably the best, you know, well, you think we felt that was the time we had been you know, kind of encouraged to do that earlier, but I think we need a little bit more experience, yeah. a little bit more time to develop our message and to develop the, 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 you know, the kind of ways in which we want to change the world. And I think that's, that's where I actually wanted to head about, because we're all in this because we want to change the world. We want to leave the world better because we've been in it. And that's, that's really, you know, really important uh, to us. And I, I hope that that's, that that's what we're doing. And, and timing plays a, a huge part in that. That's very true. Very, very true. Thank you for listening to the Someone to Tell It To podcast. Wonders Found Thrift Shop is proud to be one of its sponsors. Wonders Found is an all-volunteer-run thrift shop begun to support our mission team as they rebuild homes in disaster areas. We support local missions, people experiencing homelessness, veterans, and children and youth outreaches. We also provide clothing and household items to families displaced by fire or flood. You can learn more at our website, wondersfound.org, or stop in to see what wonders you can find at 7810 Allentown Boulevard, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. 
We hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. So speaking of timing, I'm wondering if now's the time to play the game. Good question. So we won't be able to play the actual game, but we're going to give you a taster of exactly. the game. Exactly. So we, j- um, we just want to say this, not, not only we played it a little bit with Jed and Sophia months ago, uh, but several of our team members have also played together with people from across the United States. They've done that too. And we, all of us, all of us to a person loved it. So we just want to say that it's not scary. It's, it, it's invigorating. Uh, we think it is anyway. So we just want to give you a chance to explain what we're going to do and then ask some questions and we'll go from there. Okay, great. So, um, so, so that the people who are listening have some context. Um, like I was saying before, there's three decks, right? Cozy, juicy, and real. And, um, and then when you're playing the actual board game, there's uh, a few other things built in. There's like, you can give somebody a high five card or a courage card or a what about you card. So we don't have those with us. But we can pretend. But we can pretend. Right, pretend. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to ask the guy deeper question because yes. I always do. <laughs> okay. It's my favorite card. So um, so everybody starts with a, with a cozy card, right? Um, but we won't all answer a cozy question just for time's sake. Why don't we start with one um so uh who wants to go first michael or tom rock paper scissor i'm glad to go first okay (laughs) all right michael when you were a kid what did you want to be when you grew up and why wow um i had a lot of iterations of that there was a time i thought i would wanted to be a dentist there was a time I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. There was a time um, I wanted to be a United States senator. There is a time that I, and for a lot, you know, for many years, was a pastor. But there's also a time that I wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do love creativity. And as a person who's more of an introvert. Uh, as opposed to Jed, <laughs> who uh, you know, who earlier said you're that you're an extrovert. I'm 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 more introverted, and the one thing that acting could do was allow me to be creative and be someone to to kind of get out of my you know my my introversion a bit, be someone different, be something be something that I didn't get to maybe couldn't as easily do uh, in in normal life you know regular life. And so that's, uh, that is something that if, if I could do anything else that I love what I do, so I'm, I'm not even, you know, I don't have desires to be or do anything else, but, but if I could do anything else, that, that may have been the biggest thing that I wanted to do and be. I'm giving you a high five because I relate to that very much. I I want to be an actress. I went to drama school and did it for years and like you I just loved to be able to step into another mm-hmm. another like world because that's kind of what it feels like when you yeah and and I realized really early on I mean very early on in elementary school I was very comfortable on a stage mm. uh very very comfortable and I mean there, there's certainly some nerves and you know you want to unlike do well. me I'm and, not comfortable on and, stage and, and, so. and so I realized that that's a natural place for me 
that that I that I really I really love and that makes me come alive. So, and even this uh, being be, doing a podcast, why well, I love doing the podcast because it's it, it's a stage in a lot of ways. Though I'm not playing a I'm not playing a role in you know being very authentic and being myself, but um, it is it is a stage and and I love that. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. So, um, like I said, normally we'd all get, we'd all get cozy, but this being the someone to tell it to podcast. I think it's time to get juicy. I think it's time to get juicy. <laughs> um, do you want to go next time? Sure. Okay. When I was choosing these questions, I thought, what was the question I'd love to ask Tom? Uh, okay. So this definitely goes up in, in, in levels of personal sharing from cozy to the juicy deck. Uh, so this question here, my hands are comes... sweaty right now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Um, when it comes to advice, what's something you wish an adult had told you when you were a child? I mean, there's so many things from being a parent to having four small kids and that parenting is such a grind. So there's that whole side of things, but it, it actually p- plays off Michael's response. I wish I would have known sooner exactly what I'm especially gifted to do. And I wish I had had more people speak into my life early on. Um, I, I know that really just affirming it. I mean, I was doing listening work since I was 12 years old. I mean, I, I've shared this pretty openly that I have remembrances of times when I would go literally sit on by the bedside of a a bedridden woman uh, in her eighties. And just, I'd love just being present and hearing her stories. I I'm hopeful that I can do more of that for, for younger generations in the future is just be really affirming of even my own kids when they're young. Like I see this gift in you and you need to really pay attention to that gift. So I hope that answers the question. Well, it really yeah, does. Sure. Yeah. And what a, that's such an image of, of a, a 12 year old boy sitting at the bedside. Just, yeah. just being I mean, there listening. Exactly. Who does that at 12? I mean, and, and just right. enjoys it. I mean, I, I to, 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 to even take that one step further is like my, my parent, my dad was a pastor in a church and he has always been a pastor in church and, in this instance, I'm thinking of this, this elderly woman and, and no one visited her in her home. She was bedridden. Her family lived far away. So she initially had me come and just weed her flower bed. That was the reason that I went over there. And then she would invite me in over uh, after I was completed and, and just to sit by her bedside and just hear stories about her life. And I just loved that. Like I was totally at home doing that as somebody who was more introverted and but then there's this also this creative side of me that I mentioned earlier, this entrepreneurial spirit. So how do you take that gift? And then we, we think there's a world of people who have similar gifts and similar callings. And that's why we're super excited about someone to tell to his future, because there's a world of people who have that same gift and like, they don't have a way to live it out. So here at someone to tell to is we're, we just got it literally last night and we'll just share this. We have a, an older woman on our team who was a, a former school teacher, and she'd give us full permission to share this publicly. She listens to every episode too. So uh, we'll just give her a shout out. Her name's Deb. So Deb was a school teacher her whole career and uh, had since retired from school teaching. She 
sent us a message last night because she's on our, our listening and our training team. So she offers compassionate listening to people. We do all of our listening in pairs. She also does works on the training team. She texted us last night. She's in the process of listening to, to another individual story with another listener. And she just said, I've, I think everything that I've done in my life has been preparation for this moment to do what she's doing right now. I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, she was a very successful school teacher and now she's living out her sense of call and passion. Um, and, and someone to tell to has given her a space to be able to do that. That to me is like as rewarding as it gets. Multiple high fives. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't even ask me to ask me a follow-up. I could just, <laughs> this is what we love more than anything else yeah. is to have these, these authentic Same. conversations. Mm. Same here. Thank you. Yeah. And, and if Deborah here, I'd give, I'd give a courage card to her. Yeah. Uh, she wishes she was here. Do we okay, get to ask so you a question? Oh, do you, do you have or, one? Or, or do we want to wait? We want to wait to the real, the real questions oh, yeah. come up. How about go. that? Okay. <laughs> so I've got more juicy and real questions as well. So if you're, if you're, a, if you're a listener, you know, imagine moving around a board and everyone's answered a cozy question. Everyone's maybe answered a juicy question. And, and then it's always a choice, right? Cause it's really important to give people choice of how, how deep they want to go, how much they want to share. So there's no, no forcing and cozy, juicy, real. Um, so maybe somebody um, somebody lands on another juicy space or, or a real space. Um, do you have a question you want to ask us or should we ask another question from a list of questions from the game? Where do you want to go next? I want to come back to the question I had asked you earlier, and I think you've kind of answered it, but I think like, let's just dive a little deeper. What? So Simon Sinek, he's a leadership expert. And you probably have heard of him, but he, he wrote this book called Starting with the Why. And, and he asked this question of like, why do you get out of bed in the morning? So we just, we want to come back to that question. What, what motivates you? What inspires you to get out of bed and do what you do? That was a big question. That's a real question. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, the bigger mission, which is kind of like you said, we touched on a little bit earlier. Um, of creating a world where there is more empathy and more trust and opportunity for people to be seen for who they are, to be more human. Um, and the relationships that we make every day. Um, we've been so appreciative of the people that we've met through this journey. Um, just looking back a year ago and kind of seeing where we are now and just being like wow the people have made this so special and it kind of really stems also back from when we were developing the game and we've often said to each other like we we didn't really create the game we were kind of like the curators of everybody else's feedback and ideas um it was everyone else who like the play testers and the people who had who would make suggestions and give ideas and be like, okay, let's just test that out and see what happens. And it kind of continues to be that way now. We've just qualified like seven others um, to facilitate Cozy Juicy Real Games. Um, And they are seven of the most wonderful people we've met. And we get to meet people like you. We're so grateful to be on your podcast right now. We're fam now. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we are. And I mean, that for me is what motivates me to get up in the morning is really, yeah, the relationships and 
and the potential where I think this could go and the, the feedback that we receive from our players definitely motivates me like whenever we have a game and then people stay on to talk about it and share their experience and how much they appreciate having a space to be real and see other people for who they really are you know you get that buzz and it kind of like lingers for for a while Mm. we wanted to share this with you and i'm glad i didn't forget so like the ripple effects of the game is it already is massive but just as a, a real example so we had somebody who was there the night we had done the the, uh, the the last fundraiser with one of our prior guests um, and and it was just such a, a meaningful evening but there was somebody there that night that really needed to tell her story so she reached out to someone to tell to and our our team of listeners got matched up with her and was able to hear her story and they've had an ongoing connection now so it's just there you go there's a good example of the ripple effects of what you're creating that's beautiful. Yeah. I love I love hearing that. And I love knowing that there's there's stories out there that I don't know that are that are like that, that we'll never know. Um, and I I believe that um, that that this work makes the world a better place in, in ways that we'll, we might never know about. We might never know the ripples, but we can just we can trust that if we just keep at it that it's, it's slowly doing something good out there. So like hearing that story is, is great. And last week we played a game and somebody said afterwards, uh, I don't feel so lonely anymore. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, so we, we, we've heard that in the work that we do too. Yeah, uh, those, kinds, those kinds of comments and those uh, they're priceless. They are. They are so priceless and definitely a motivator for sure. Um, Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think, I think I'll share something personal um, about the, the answer to that question, which for me is that I think that I tend to show up in the world feeling sometimes like it's not okay to be entirely me and to bring my full self. And that's something that I put intention into doing. I put intention into, you know, reminding myself that all the parts of myself are good and all the parts of myself are welcomed. And so I think that one of the reasons why I'm doing the work that I do and why it resonates on such a deep level is because it's, it is really deeply personal that we, I want people to, to, to have that reminder that I need, that it's okay to just be me. And I don't have to have a mask and not everybody will accept me a hundred percent of the time. And that is okay. That is very, that just very gave powerful. me goosebumps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was speechless. <laughs> I think we've both felt the same way. I'm going to give you a courage card. Thanks. Thanks to take. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> high fives and courage cards and whatever other cards you might have. Uh, <laughs> we would give to you guys for this. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put a question out there and then you, whoever wants to jump in or maybe both of you. So I'm thinking, looking at the list of real questions. So we've gone around the board now. We're near the end. Um, and you flip a card and the question says, who is someone you deeply trust? 
what about them or the relationship has made that trust possible? Both of us have very supportive wives. Um, when we started someone to tell to in the early years, I mean, they essentially the first year they funded someone to tell to getting off the ground. I mean, they both work full time and, and Michael and I didn't take salaries in, in our first year when we started this, we literally just went all in on it. And so we give them so much glory, so much credit for where we are as an organization in our 10th year now. But I think also the flip side of that is that this mission was birthed out of our friendship and our relationship together. Uh, Michael was serving as kind of a mentor for me in my early career. And we just like hit it off. I mean, immediately. I mean, even though there's a, I don't want to say how many years age gap between the two of us, but it's a few. It's only two. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. But uh, we, that was never an issue at all. I mean, we just hit it off. We, we were both probably starving, craving, whatever word you want to use there for the same thing. Just like authenticity, just vulnerability, openness. We, we wrote a, a chapter in our second book, um, and it actually comes out of the, the Bible in, in the book of Genesis, where Adam and Eve, when they were originally in the garden, that they, there's this phrase that they were naked and unashamed. And we've used that. We've kind of coined that phrase um, ourselves and our relationship together that we just want to be completely open and honest and authentic. So we, there's very little that we don't know about each other. I mean, we're always learning. There's always more to learn in every relationship. This mission was essentially birthed out of our friendship and our openness with each other. So, so we just have that level of trust. It's just, it's always been there and it's always going to be there, but, but we also have to work at it. I mean, every relationship requires that. My answer would it would, was going to be exactly the same thing. So I'll, I'll say more about it. Uh, um, too. Yeah. Our, our wives have been tremendous. They have put up with the roller coaster that we have been on. It's thrilling, absolutely thrilling, but it's scary. But, you know, as roller coasters are, they're scary at times. It's the ride we wanted to get on and, you know, they got on with us. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, we, we can't say enough. It, it, neither of us can say enough about our wives, uh, Sarah and Kathy, who have um, just been unconditionally supportive along the way. So um, we owe them more than we can ever, ever give them for that. The same with each other. This would not have been possible if we didn't trust each other, if we didn't share the same values, if we weren't craving. And Tom was right. That's a, that's a, that's a great word. Craving the same thing. It's the same kind of connection and depth of relationship. If we weren't willing to be naked and unashamed with one another and that um, is, is, is so, so important uh, for us to be. And it is, it is the most uh, fulfilling aspect, I think, of, of, of our lives, that we can do that and have that kind of trust and uh, vulnerability. And yeah, it does take work because being vulnerable is scary at times. Being vulnerable means that we... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll need to share things that are hard to share that sometimes we may be embarrassing to share or, or that we're afraid we're going to be rejected because we shared it. Um, but we've actually realized that we, we can trust one another and, you know, just go to those, those deeper, more intimate, um, sometimes scary places together and we'll be okay. 
And I think every step of the way, even when it's been tough and scary, um, it's always proven that it was the right thing to do and we'll be okay. And we're okay. We're okay because we did, because we are. I'll just add to to Michael's response. I think, and you guys have found this with the game as we found it through some of the telltales that everyone is craving the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And and I think one of our not I think very definitely one of our our goals, our hopes, our dreams for someone to tell it to is that we can provide a model for people to have that need filled, for them to be fulfilled in having relationships that are really safe and really trusting, really comfortable, even in the uncomfortableness. And also to be just really honest here, we've, um, Tom said like with, with you, we're like we're family now. And yeah, you, you, you create that too. You give that, that vibe off that it's really safe and comfortable to, to share openly with you and, um, I don't even mind just skipping the cozy and the juicy questions and just going to the, going to the real ones with you guys, because you just make it so easy and so safe to do. So we want to, we want to affirm you for that. And thank you for that. And for what you're doing, for what you're doing to make it fun, to make it easier to do and to be. So mm. uh, that really is significant. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for that. Tom. I feel like I've just received like a blessing. I appreciate that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was very sweet. And I, I want to throw courage cards to both of you for mm. taking that leap. Because mm. yeah, and going on the roller coaster. Because it, it's it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and to keep doing it and keep riding riding the waves um, takes courage. Yeah, and we're on that. So, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you guys are too. And, yeah. and that's the thing about with our other bit of resonance with you is the fact that you're partners and you do this together. You're not alone in it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with us. We're, we're in this together. It was the smartest thing we ever did. Uh, the, the most prescient thing we ever did was to realize that to do it alone is so lonely, can be so lonely mm-hmm. and so hard. And I think that's why a lot of creative things never last, don't last that people start uh, because they're alone and they're scared and it's easy to give up Mm -hmm. to give into the fear, but to have one another as you do, as we do keeps us going. It's also a great space to practice what we preach, right? Like when you're in a relationship, it's, it's so much in some ways it's easier. And in some ways it's harder because you're facing those, differences every day Mm. and so showing up vulnerably authentically listening stepping into the other person's shoes and kind of allowing it all to be there and then and then seeing the common grounds like that's it's such a great space and a great way to to stay on the journey ourselves I mentioned earlier that I'm really comfortable on stage Tom mentioned that he's not that he hasn't been and I hope that that, I mean, the fact that we could do this together, he has, he has come so far. I'm not sure if I've really actually said this to you before, but you have come so far in your, in what I see is your comfortableness on a stage. When it is, when we speak, when we uh, have doing interviews and we're doing podcasts, when we're, you know, anytime that we are on a, in the public arena, um, I have seen Tom grow and grow and grow 
And I think he had the potential, he had it there to begin with. I think he just didn't know it and he wasn't affirmed for it. And I hope that by um, walking side by side with him on the stage in the arena has enabled him to feel comfortable in that way, because I think he's, I think he does tremendous. And I just want you, I want you to know that. Well, there's my blessing for the day, Jed. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say to you earlier when you said that, I would never have known that you aren't comfortable on stage because, yeah, like you said, Michael, it's just so natural, so easy. Yeah, unfortunately, our time probably is winding down because, oh, my goodness, this is so fun. And, yeah. and like, who cares about time, right? <laughs> right. But, I know. Uh, I... Yeah. We said you had one final question. Go for it. Yeah. So when you start something new, yes, we've talked a lot about challenges and just kind of jumping off the cliff together and just going for it. I think something that's been invaluable to us over the years is we, we do have reminders that we're on the right path. Like it just happened to us yesterday, whether it's a meeting or an endorsement or an affirmation or whatever it might be. So I'd just love to, to hear from both of you. What, what's something that's keeping you on the path today? Right now, this conversation right. for me, I think definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're glad that we could do that for you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I would echo the same thing. And, and the, the relationships that are coming out of the project are, are beautiful. And different from other relationships in my life. And sometimes with people like you guys, we haven't met in person, but, but there's a closeness. Mm -hmm. We're we're trying to figure out right now how we get to Valencia, Spain, or Mm. or wherever you're going to land, how we get there uh, to be able to meet you in person. (laughs) You are more than welcome. Yeah. We can think of a few ways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's really what it is. I think is the, is, the relationships and seeing how it affects other people, but also just how it's affecting us. Yeah. Um, I think where is, where there's that common um, craving for authenticity and just being able to show up, whether it's a good day or a bad day, showing up as ourselves and as themselves. Like we've learned things about people and they've said to us, like, I haven't shared this with anyone else. And I don't even know you that well. Um, but there is a yeah, there is that common alignment and um, wish to just show up as ourselves and hear each other. And maybe we've come from different backgrounds. Uh, maybe we believe different things. Um, but kind of peeling back all that stuff and noticing that we're human and we have fears and dreams mm. and we're all experiencing joy and sadness and all those things that make us human um, and just allowing that to be. So, so we, we are giving everybody who's listening the opportunity to experience this yourselves. So we have an event that we're going to be part, partnering together on in just a couple of weeks. And we'd love to just for a, a brief moment just to, uh, to announce it. So uh, go ahead, Michael. Someone to tell it to is going to be uh, kind of hosting along with Jed and Sophia's team uh, a, a cozy, juicy, real game on Thursday, uh, December the second 
at seven o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Here Should we US. clarify that? Yes, yeah, so seven o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we are also going to have uh, as our special guest, Benjamin Mathis, who lives in Los Angeles, California. He is founder of the listening mission, Urban Confessional. And Benjamin is, a, is also a great friend of ours. We have met him in person. We've been to his home. We've had him on the podcast. In LA, he was our second podcast guest when we started you know, over, two, over two years ago. And um, he is going to be there to talk briefly about the listening movement and the need for listening, you know, in our lives, especially in this time of heightened emotional and relational disconnection. So uh, we will have information on our website about the event and and on our on social uh, on some of the Tell2 social media platforms. And uh, we know that you know Jed and Sophia will will be announcing that too on their platforms, and we're just so excited to do this. It will it will be a fundraiser for someone to tell it to, and in the sense that that uh, you know it's a small fee that people can pay to to join in the game. But we we hope to get oh my gosh, we would love at the minimum fifty people. We'd love a hundred or more, if that would be possible to be able to join in and play this game uh, together and to, to hear from people, learn from people from around the world, and to realize how deeply connected we really are as human beings and how much we want, crave, need the same things. So there you go. Thank you both. You've thank been you. a blessing to us today. Yeah. Mm, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. We are excited to see everyone on December 2nd. Yeah, going to be great. Can't wait. Thank you, all of you for listening, for watching today. What a, again, we, we just thought it was a powerful episode and the, the connection that we have with Jed and Sophia, you know, from, you know, how many miles of 3,000, 4,000 miles apart is pretty incredible. And uh, we love that. And it's amazing what can be done and even we're not in the same room together i've never met face to face how you know these connections can happen they really can and this is the world that we're living in now and the and it's going to be you know it's an, maybe an increasing part of the world just because of just, just because of for all kinds of reasons including the the current pandemic in which we are all still still living in but um, I want to. I just want to give another uh, mention to our our team member Deb, who uh, Tom mentioned earlier in the podcast. She, we realized after the podcast was uh, finished being recorded, uh, it was over that she she has been our longest standing team member. She came on board before um, anyone else did as a volunteer and started listening and started train helping to train people. And we're just so proud of her and so, um, so grateful for her, for her understanding the mission, understanding us, for being willing and to freely give of her time um, to, to do what she's doing. We, we're, just, we're just so grateful. And it's the fact that she, she's told us that this gives real meaning to her life. This helps her feel um, uh, relevant, helps her feel uh, like she's making a difference, helps her feel that it's she's making a meaningful, meaningful con contribution to the world. 
and making this world a, a better place, uh, a place that's more gentle, more compassionate, more empathetic, more caring, more kind, uh, a safer world. And Deb, we uh, we dedicate this episode to you uh, for uh, for being part of for being with us for so long, for being um, in just being uh, so committed to this mission. So thank you. Yeah, we we just love you, Deb. That uh, that conversation took us to places we didn't expect it to go today, but there is nothing that we enjoy more in life than going to those places. We use the word craving connection several times throughout the episode that each and every one of us on this planet is craving connection. We, all of us, want to be able to be naked and unashamed with someone. And that's the heartbeat of someone to tell to's mission is creating that space for people to be completely themselves. So we can't say enough about this game, Cozy Juicy Real. It is a movement and it's just like our movement. It's creating a space for people to connect and build relationships. So people need to play this game. So join us December 2nd, again at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You'll get to hear from our dear friend, Benjamin Mathis, founder of Urban Confessional. And it's just gonna be a fun evening. And plus you get to support the work we do here at Someone to Tell It To, which is so needed. As uh, the pandemic has increased and continued, people need to tell their stories. We've had a huge increase in the last couple of months in the need for compassionate listening, both individuals and those who want to be trained. So this is an opportunity for you to support that that necessary and important work. And and to give one more shout out to Kat Vella. She was our guest on the first time that we played Cozy Juicy Reel with Jed and Sophia uh, back uh, earlier in, in 2021. And she was tremendous. And we appreciated her being part of that and helping to support someone to tell a tooth through it. And uh, we, there's a podcast with her on it um, that we hope that, that, that you can find in our archive. We hope that you'll listen to that if you've not heard it before. So again, thank you until we listen again. <laughs>